A new BYU receiver, Jonah Trenman, tells us where he will make an impact this fall. Plus, NBA alumnus and BYU women's coach Jeff Judkins on the science of winning 14 straight games and why getting to 15 straight is a must. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, February 16th. Tuesday. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with one-time NBA D-League hopeful, Jerem Jordan. I never thought that. I just want to get buckets in rec league. Last night I lost by one in our game. I say I. Our team lost by one. Are you still bitter about it? It was tough because uh, a guy banked in a three with 17 seconds left. Really? Banked in a three? That was disappointing. <laughs> we were up 10 and a half, lost by one. It's okay. <laughs> Are you saying Lexi Eaton's banked in shot was disappointing? That was a hurl. This was a regular three-pointer from a lefty. It went not, in. Not at the buzzer. Hey, not at the buzzer. Credit. And then, the, and then uh, we got a bucket with 14 seconds left. Three seconds later out of the timeout. Probably went too quick. But uh, a charge was called. Really? I kept yelling, this ain't Duke! This ain't Duke! <laughs> That's what I was yelling at the rest. That probably didn't help your cause when you wanted to get a call after you yelling that. <sighs> the guys are doing their best. Actually, they're not. They're terrible. <laughs> You're not helping your cause right not now like to get I'm calls a, in the future I'm either. as good a player as they are, ref. Both really bad. It's all good. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of the D-League, the All-Star Game MVP, Jimmer Fredette, featured on the Dan Patrick Show this morning. And it's always interesting to me that Jimmer continues to be a guy that somebody like Dan Patrick wants to talk to, even though he's not in the NBA and he's a D-league You're guy. surprised at this at all? Jimmer has the Tebow effect where he's polarizing and interesting and compelling and people are interested in what's going on with him, for better or worse, right? He, plus, he's local. It's not like he was on the phone. Rent. He's in New York, and they did their show in New York City today, I believe, so... He came in studio, which is cool. D-League All-Star Jimmer Game does, MVP. Jimmer does anything he get, anything relevant. He gets out there because he's the Jimmer. I, I'm only surprised because it's five years after he left BYU. Five years. People are wondering what he's up to. They're like, where'd that guy go? And then he won the All-Star Game MVP of the D-League in Toronto. It's just five years. It's been five years since he was playing at BYU. Man, that means BYU's been in the West Coast Conference five years. The one thing he did say that I thought was really interesting is he said he wanted to play for the Warriors. Uh, who doesn't? Exactly. Who's like, no. Like Josh Smith. It's like, no, I don't want to play for the Warriors. I'd rather be on a, a bad team where I can be a cancer in the locker room. Would Jimmer Fredette <laughs> thrive in a place Stop. like Golden State? We can't start the show with that. Come I'm on. just saying what he says he wants to. but Would like, he what? thrive? No, there's no shots to be had on that exactly. team. Exactly. So no does shots. he really want to play for the Warriors? Sure. No, he wants to play on any NBA team. I'm telling you. Let's get on an NBA roster. If he doesn't by the end of the season, I fear that Europe's in the cards then. Some people think you should go now. I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment. I say try and get in the league still and just do your best in D-League and then see what happens. Because that's, that's the AAA of, of uh, the NBA, if you will. We wait and watch for Jimmer, but now we give you today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Nick Emery, who was drawing comparisons to Jimmer over the weekend. Oh, boy is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after 68 points on 65% shooting in those two wins. That's pretty good. He's also the CBSSports.com National Freshman of the Week and the WCC College Sports Madness 
Freshman of the Week. And uh, the BYU Sports Nation uh, Freshman of the Week as well. So yeah. he wins yeah. that. Congratulations. Yep. The women's basketball team is four out in the AP poll. So they stayed the same, which surprised hmm. me a little bit. Coaches poll, they were one out. That has not come out yet. We think that will come out today, this afternoon. I expect BYU to be in the women's basketball top 25 uh, going into Thursday's game with San Diego for an outright conference championship. Jeff Judkins joins us uh, coming up to discuss that. BYU men's volleyball jumped one spot in the AVCA poll this week, up to number two after wins at Princeton and New Jersey Institute of Technology. The, the Highlanders, Cougars man. Trail only Long Beach State, who they do have a road win against. Now, in the off the block media poll, which is different than the AVCA poll, that's coach poll, I did vote uh, BYU as number two. Uh, so we'll see where they sit when it comes out today, but not surprisingly, number two after UCLA lost again. And uh, I guess we have another uh, fourth headline, but I don't want to be involved in this. What? Or, or do I? Down to the Wildcats. 200 days. 200. What? We're almost there. Not February 16th. It's so early. But you did the countdown still. I know, just for the heck of it. I Is it because th- it's 200 days? Sure, yeah, 200. Now, 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 I sit here and go, oh, okay, 200, cool. But that's the end of it. I don't, there's nothing else there for me. So it's you will, 200 sab- you will days sabotage away. the countdown for the next count 99 down? days until you we even, get to 100? Do you, yeah, yes. Do you count down to anything like this in your life? <laughs> I didn't count down to my marriage like we count down to the Wildcats. Give me a break. The count, would counting down to your Bigger marriage? Bigger deal. The first game of the BYU football season <laughs> or getting married for someone? <laughs> That's a hard one. That's true. That's a hard one. That's a, that's a relevant question. Don't ask me these questions on TV. Wait, I asked you myself did the this countdown. question. At least you did the countdown. Yeah. Man. I'm a team player. Fist bump for that. Listen, too. I'm a team player, okay. but get me the ball. I need my shots. Oh, man. What's bigger deal? BYU's first football <laughs> game of the season under the new staff or counting down to your wedding? Depends. If it, is it oh. your first marriage or not? <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're hey, talking boy. about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Determining the best of the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Emory for three. Wow. Probably should have been worth four. And that's one where you can't blame defense. That's just a great shot. Who's the best team in the West Coast Conference? Last week, hard to argue against BYU and Nick Emery. Huh? But it's more than just a few games where you determine that. You have to look at the whole season, the whole resume. And according to what happened last Thursday and Friday, when the NCAA hosted 16 different national media members as part of its annual NCAA Basketball Tournament mock selection, only one West Coast Conference team was included in the field of 68. So that essentially means be the best in Vegas and you're in. Otherwise, tough luck? Yeah, that could be the case. That's nerve-wracking, right? For for everybody in the league. There's three teams that think they should get in right now. Which team deserves it the most? Which team is playing the best? Which team is overall the best? Jerem, let's throw out the official... Twitter question today. Who's the best men's hoops team in the West Coast Conference right now? At Laser Sheep, use the hashtag BYUSN and weighs in. Gonzaga, they're still great in a down year. Sabonis is better than his dad, or at least will be. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but okay. St. Mary's is next best. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Von Emmett, today, BYU is the best in the WCC. With the hiccups behind us, we can destroy any West Coast Conference team in our way. Who's the Two best opinions. team? Who's the best team in the West Coast Conference right now? 
Gonzaga. To me, that's very clear. Let me give you some. Uh, let me give you some info. Highest RPI, uh, the, their uh, highest BPI according to ESPN. Highest Ken Palm ranking. They have a top fifty RPI win, unlike St. Mary's and BYU. Uh, they're the number one team in the West Coast Conference for one thing. They only have six losses. Listen to the margin: one five five one three nine. In the West Coast Conference, they have two losses. It's by one and three. They could have and probably should have won both those games to BYU and then blew it against St. Mary's. Gonzaga, to me, is the best team. But that does not mean that they will be the best team in Vegas. Because that mock selection, through that was not the uh, media coming up with BYU's the best team. Who they thought deserved. And it was BYU, After by the way. After a conversation one with one of those 16 members, Reed Forgrave of Fox Sports uh, on Twitter, I, I said, how did that happen? And he said, the commi- uh, you know, a couple of these committee members that help the mock selection. Um, and it's a training exercise for them to understand how it works. They threw that scenario at the media, saying, okay, BYU wins the tournament in Vegas. They didn't determine that BYU is the best team they and therefore yeah, would win. They didn't win. say BYU is the best, so we think they will win. The alarming thing off of that is not that, you know, hey, BYU is uh, – it's training exercise. It's that there were no at-large teams from the conference. One bid league. Yeah, which is scary. Which is scary because right now, if the tournament starts today, Gonzaga would be the one bid if there was no tournament. Right? That spurned but our conversation. But there will be a tournament. Yeah, that spurned our conversation today. Well, who is the best team in the West Coast Conference right now? You gave your opinion. You say it's Gonzaga. BYU. Tell me why it's not. They haven't beat St. Mary's or BYU head-to-head. They're 0-2 against uh, BYU and St. Mary's. But you said earlier it's not one game or two games. It's about the whole resume. But what's the next most important thing? Head-to-head. Head-to-head. For the committee... No, it's going to be head-to-head against uh, other bubble teams, right? Not St. Mary's and BYU. So tell me why Gonzaga is not Are St. Mary's and BYU in the- not bubble teams? Not compared to Gonzaga, in my opinion. Gonzaga, according to Lenardi, is a nine seed. St. Mary's is a play-in 12. BYU is totally out. BYU so and Gonzaga St. Mary's. So is clearly the best team. Both beat Gonzaga. The Zags have zero wins against the top other two teams in the conference. They have a chance to get two. To me, it's interesting. I th- okay, what's your answer, actually? What's the answer? Who's the best team in the WCC? The best team in the West Coast Conference. Right now. Right now, as of today, playing the best basketball right now. Wait, that's a different answer to me. Who the best team versus who's playing the best? Playing the best who could be the last Who has the best week. resume or who, who's, who's the best team? No, who's the question is this. Answer it. Who is the best men's hoops team in the WCC right now? Right now. So it is right now. So what is it? BYU. Wow. Okay. Why? Because they just scored 114 points and 96 points, and they've beaten St. Mary's, and they've beaten Gonzaga, and they've beaten Pepperdine. They've beaten the other and top have, half of the league. And they have three 200-plus RPI losses. Do you know how many Gonzaga has outside the top 100? What has Gonzaga outside done the to top offset 100? That? What have they done to Zero! offset that? What have they done to offset that, Jerem? BYU has good wins. BYU, the, not compa- no, no. Gonzaga has a top 50 win. They have UConn, 42. And then BYU what does else not do have a have? top 50 win. BYU will have they could maybe if two Gon- top 50 wins. The hope is that Gonzaga is as good as possible so that BYU's wins over win and hopeful wins next Saturday in Provo matter more. Gonzaga plays St. Mary's Saturday. That is a huge game. And then Gonzaga has to play BYU the next Saturday. Those are two huge games. BYU's in Gonzaga's head. BYU's in Gonzaga's head. They've beaten the last two times in the kennel. Yet Gonzaga and they're goes. They're going to beat him in Provo too. Yet Gonzaga goes. Well, we won in Vegas. We won a championship, so you can have your 
you know, win in Spokane, we have hardware. You want to know, you know what why? I mean? You want to know why I think BYU is the best team in the West Coast Conference right now? Why? Our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is the only team in the West Coast Conference with a winning record against the other top three teams. Interesting. St. Mary's, two and three against the Zags, BYU and Pepperdine. Gonzaga, Two and two against the top three. BYU, three and two against the other top three. The only team with a winning record. Now, Gonzaga has a chance to uh, make it four and two. They could be two and wins. four. They might or lose they could to be St. Two Mary's. And four. I think that Gonzaga will, will win at home against St. Mary's. Gonzaga's I don't, I don't going, see the Gales going I think going Gonzaga's going to be an underdog in Pro Bowl against BYU. Yeah, because Gonzaga's not the Shemek Karnowski injury changed the whole Huge. season. Their guard, as Blaine Fowler's pointed out, their guards have not been the same. No, they have no Kevin depth Pangos on the guard line. Was really good, and Gonzaga did not help themselves. They could have uh, had a good win against uh, Southern Methodist SMU on Saturday. Did not get it, so now they're going to hang their hat on UConn, and then they've got to beat St. Mary's and BYU. It's interesting though to me because St. Mary's kind of controls the conference. They, they're one back of Gonzaga, but if they win Saturday, they will be tied for first and control their destiny to be the one seed in Vegas. I don't see how BYU gets an at-large bid in any way, shape, or form if they are no less than the two. To me, the league is, is probably going to be one bid. We'll break that down later. But the best team to me is Gonzaga. But if BYU wins out, including against Gonzaga at home, and goes into Vegas hot, that, that's a tough team to beat, especially the way they shot last week. I agree with you that BYU is playing really well right now, but so is Gonzaga. They have two losses in conference, one by one and one by three. It's not like they're way off. But they haven't. those two losses have been against the two other best teams. True. Yet, they're still in first place. They're still in first place after, after that carnage. That's why this is an intriguing conversation. Because, yes, according to record, Gonzaga is the best team in the conference. That should be the number one thing used but in they determining have not this, right? Beaten, the record? But they have, they've played two games against the St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Yeah. Saturday they've got and the two next, left. The Saturday and the next Saturday will they could determine have a lot losses. in this conference. There's, yeah. They could have four losses in a week. And they could be the three seed yes. going into Vegas. I don't see that happening because I think that they will beat the Gales Saturday. Gonzaga is still Gonzaga to me. I, I know that they're having a down year. That's compared to the best season they've ever had last year. So obviously the juxtaposition is going to make it feel like Gonzaga's way off. Lenardi still has them as a 9. He still has them as a 9. The only and BYU's team nowhere in. to be seen, so it's hard for me to argue that BYU's the best team in the league. Right now. Yeah, what do we in two weeks ago? In two, <laughs> of course, right now. Okay, of if, course, it's right now. BYU beat, let's play. Let's play this last hypothetical situation. I love hypothetical. If BYU beats Gonzaga <laughs> in Provo, let's say the Cougars win the rest of their regular season games, mm-hmm. including Gonzaga, sweep San Diego, beat Portland, and then beat Gonzaga. Yep. Which means they have two wins against Gonzaga. Yes. Who's the best team in the conference at that point? What did St. Mary's do? Did Gonzaga win the league? Gonzaga. Beat St. Mary's, but lost to BYU, and they won the league. They have three losses, mm-hmm. but they lost to BYU twice. Who's the best team in the West Still Coast Still Gonzaga, because BYU has three losses against 200-plus RPI teams. That is so blaring and will probably cost BYU an at-large unless they win the tournament in Vegas. Those three are so big, dude. So big. If BYU had only lost two and maybe even one, they'd be in the driver's seat in the West Coast Conference. Can you imagine if BYU didn't lose to Portland and Pacific in conference? 
They'd be tied for first right now. It the hurt, most consi- it hurts to talk so about. So you are saying the most consistent team is the best team. No, the best team is Gonzaga. The if best BYU team is twice, Gonzaga. They're still gone, it's still Gonzaga? Yes, because what? they will have won. Because they will have won the league. Twice? By they two games. They lose to twice? By, or by a game. Twice? What's the margin? Is it one again? So they won two games by one. I don't but care they won how the many league you beat by Gonzaga two. by at Gonzaga. It doesn't matter. You won at Gonzaga. I look at the big picture as opposed to those two head-to-head games. That's the tiebreaker. And it's certainly important. But who's the best team? Give me your whole resume. Who is the best men's basketball team in the West Coast Conference right now? At... Bragini underscore Jake. Too close to tell. I'll stay with the Zags. If Emory stays strong, BYU becomes a lot tougher to guard. Opportunities open. Okay. Yeah, opportunities open. It's true. Let me take a timeout now. Football up next. Looking at BYU's 2016 schedule. Is it really as hard as you think it will be? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Thursday night, Women's Hoops plays for an outright conference championship. Likely as a ranked team, we're waiting for the coaches poll to come out. We believe that BYU will be a ranked team in that. The last team to beat BYU was San Diego. And uh, BYU uh, has a 14-game win streak, has won 19 of 20. They are extremely hot, made SportsCenter's top 10 last week. It, this is as compelling a game for BYU women's basketball as I can remember in recent history. Thursday night, 9 Eastern time. Oh, and senior night! Check it out, Thursday night, 9 Eastern time. How many West Coast Conference championships have BYU men's and women's basketball won combined since joining the league? We'll talk with this, uh, about this with Jeff Judkins coming up, but this is the first time, because BYU's clinched at least a share, the first time that the men or women have won a regular season title in hoops in the conference. So congrats to women's basketball. They have been crushing it this year. Who's the best women's team in the West Coast Conference? That one is clear. That's easy. That's BYU. And but- the... the- <laughs> They're number one in the conference, and clearly they're number one, like Gonzaga in the men. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> Who's the best men's hoops team in the West Coast Conference Gonzaga. right now? At our Greenhaw. When we play our best, BYU, our problem is consistency. The Zags win there. They win games they're supposed to. So they can't beat St. Mary's and BYU thus far, like, but they don't lose to Portland and Pacific. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why they're in first place. Oh, but are they the best? Oh, my gosh. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as we switch up from basketball to college football is Matt Brown of SB Nation. Matt, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, it's great, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, fellas. So really interesting read that you just uh, put out on, and I quote, just how hard is BYU's 2016 football schedule? That on SB Nation's BYU blog. So, Matt... Let's ask you straight up, man. I know you wrote the article, and a lot of people have already read it, but let's hear it from you yourself. Just how hard is BYU's schedule? <laughs> it's, it's kind of a tough question, right? Like, I, I guess the cop-out is it's probably still pretty hard, which shouldn't come as breaking news to anybody who has had a chance to look at the schedule or has followed BYU. There's a bunch of really big names on there, playing UCLA, playing Michigan State, and playing Mississippi State, some programs who have had a lot of success. But what I think is interesting is that all of those big names on the schedule really have some pretty big question marks coming into the season. And I guess BYU would fall under that umbrella as well. You're seeing a lot of these big teams that are replacing a lot of key contributors, a lot of attrition both with quarterbacks and with coaching staffs. And so I think it's possible to make the argument that this looks really daunting, but it may look a little bit less daunting once we get to like mid-October. And that's probably a good thing for BYU football. 
In the S&P rankings, six uh, BYU's opponents, so half the schedule, is in the top 40. BYU ranked 35th in that. How does this schedule compare to a Power 5 schedule, in your opinion? That's a, that's a great question, and it stinks because it really varies so much between conferences. Like, I think BYU, would, you know, if, if we're assuming that the S&P Plus is going to be predictive for next season, which I think is a fair, a fair, a fair assumption, this is probably a better schedule than a lot of uh, Big 12 teams. It's, it's certainly better than what Baylor is going to be playing next year. It's going to be better than, uh, I think, a lot of ACC teams, especially if they're not playing Florida State or Clemson. But if you compare it to, say, somebody in the SEC West who has to play a tough crossover game and they're going to have you know, eight, eight, potentially nine games in the top 50, or maybe somebody in the Big Ten East or the Pac-12 South that has to play Washington and Oregon, maybe it's, it's not quite at that level. Um, but it's, it's, if it isn't, it's not, it's not far off. This definitely looks like structurally to be uh, one of the best, if not the best, schedules that BYU's put together since they became an independent. Matt Brown of SB Nation with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at the first eight or nine games, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Arizona neutral at Utah, UCLA, West Virginia neutral, Toledo home at Michigan State, Mississippi State in Provo, at Boise State, at Cincinnati. Who are the top three teams in terms of difficulty on BYU's schedule in 2016? Well, I think if we were just to look at what the math says, there it's, it's relatively clear that the, that the three teams that are projected to be the toughest are going to be UCLA, that has an S&P Plus ranking of 12. They've recruited exceptionally well, although they're losing nearly everybody except for their quarterback. And then you have uh, Michigan State at 22 and Mississippi State at 21. I am a little bit more bullish about BYU's chances to beat Mississippi State, especially since they're going to be coming off of a a pretty emotional game the week before they're making a long road trip. Uh, I actually think Utah is probably going to be a harder game for BYU, even though they're ranked a little bit lower than the math. I know they're replacing a bunch, but given the, the psychological factor and all the emotions that are involved in that game, and given that it's kind of become a little bit of a, of a monkey on, on BYU's back, even if there might be teams that technically have higher-rated players, I think Utah is going to be one of the three toughest games that they're going to face this year. Certainly a compelling game, of course, with Kalani Sataki, who uh, was there for several years, and that'll be, that'll be fun. BYU's first eight games, uh, you know, five in September, and then uh, I believe uh, the three in October, uh, those first eight are tough. I mean, if BYU can get to November unscathed, they got a shot at, at I don't know, eight, nine, ten. We'll see how many wins they put up. But what do you think of those first eight and how BYU can survive that, given the fact that they do have to kind of hit the road in September more often than not? Yeah, it's 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 really going to be pretty fascinating because when you typically when a team has a, a, a chunk uh, that that's that that uh, that intimidating, there's usually a game or two that are going to break it up, either a bye week or a game against an FCS opponent or some kind of overmatched you know max you know overmatched max team, and that's not the case here. So those those, oh, those first eight games, they're all good, and even the max team Toledo, uh, and a one that's replacing the coaching staff, has been very successful over the past couple of years. And has a lot of, of really you know strong athletes. So what's going to be interesting here, I think, is is how people you respond psychologically, not just in the matchups for each individual game. What's going to happen if they go and they drop two out of their first three games? Are they going to be able to to maintain their depth, maintain their composure, and and not fall apart if if things uh, don't start the way that they might might like them to? Because things start off so difficult. I can kind of envision anything between going six and two in case maybe some of these teams aren't quite as good as we think they are, and and, and BYU kind of hits, hits the ground running uh, to two and six. But it, it, I think 500 is probably uh, a reasonable goal. And then there you, you're going to be big favorites, big favorites in your last four games. 
uh, with all of the changes that are happening with this program, I don't think eight and four would seem that bad. Okay, so you see realistically four and four in the first eight, and then a good shot to win the last four for BYU to finish at eight and four in the regular season. Are we hearing that correctly? Yeah, I, I think I think I think that's a reasonable uh, a reasonable optimistic uh, goal here. Should BYU fans look at becoming bowl eligible next year as a reasonable success? I, I, I think even with this schedule being as you know, potentially intimidating as it is, not making a bowl game would seem like a disappointment. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent coming back on this BYU squad. There's, there's one, potentially two, uh, you know, really high-level quarterbacks. There's, there's, there's a lot of experience coming back on your offensive line. There's some great talent in your secondary. And if you're bringing all of those, all of those guys coming in at once, I think you expect to be able to be competitive and win a couple of these difficult games that you have slotted up here. And if they just, you know, beat the teams where they have a, a theoretical talent advantage and, and lose to everybody who might have a, a little bit, a little bit more athletic teams, uh, and then you're right kind of on the cusp of a bowl, I think that that might be a little bit of a disappointment. Um, this is a team that probably should win more than six games. Does the new coaching staff? Uh... How does how do they affect uh, the perceived win total maybe of BYU versus last year knowing the 2016 schedule? That is uh, that's that's the big question, right? When you look at the S and P Plus rankings, and, and that's really the uh, the backbone for what I had written here, that takes into account a rolling average of how your team has performed over the past couple of seasons. It takes a rolling average of how your team has recruited over the last couple of years, and your returning production is you know, the the players who achieve you know stats on the field who are coming back. And those are all things that are, are quantifiable. We can look at game tape, but we, we can feel a little bit confident, at least, in, in, in what those things mean moving forward. But when you bring in a new coaching staff, and, and especially a coaching staff like that BYU's brought in that has some, some coordinators and some coaches that are a little bit less experienced, uh, that's a huge wild card. We don't really know how, how they're, how they're going to respond. We don't know how the new coaching staff is going to handle clock management in a, in a, in a, in a pivotal point here at the end of the game. We don't know how they're going to be able to keep uh, teams focused as you get into October and you're physically beaten up. Um, I mean, like, I think you could, you could personally convince me of just about anything because uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of data. And, and, and that's not something that you can really build into uh, a projection here. And if you, if you feel really great about this coaching staff and you think that that's going to be the key to help you you overachieve this year, can't really argue with you. If you want to tell me that you know, you're a little bit worried about that and you think there's going to be some growing pains and with this schedule maybe that means the team takes a step back, can't argue with that either. I think that's going to be part of what's going to make this particular team uh, really compelling and interesting to watch. Matt Brown of SB Nation dropping knowledge on BYU Sports Nation right now. Matt, if Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback and if he's healthy, and I know those are two enormous ifs, but let's just say that happens. How much would that affect BYU's overall win total next season? That's a great question. Uh, I, I think it, you know, I, I would agree. Those, those seem like kind of big ifs to me as, as well. I would be a little bit surprised if, if he came back and was healthy, the starter and everything. But when he is healthy and when he's engaged, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the entire country. And it's one of the few players I think that could single-handedly uh, change the way that that, uh, that a game goes, and so I would sure if he if he's back, he's the starter, he's healthy, he's playing the whole year. Take whatever uh, win loss projection that you thought BYU was going to have. I think you could bump it up two more games because I don't think that there's a game on this schedule on paper that is impossible for BYU to win um, if Hill's if Hill's the starter. And really, for that matter, even even if Tanner is too, I'm not sure that anybody is so 
you know, far and above BYU's roster and doesn't have any big questions that, like, a win is difficult to even imagine. Any one of those, any one of those games individually is, is potentially winnable. Follow him at Matt SBN. Matt, uh, for those that aren't familiar with what you do in your writings, where can they find your work uh, coming up in the future? You bet. You can find uh, my byline on SBNation.com. Uh, you can occasionally find me on Vanquish the Full, our uh, SB Nation's BYU-specific site, but you can mostly find me uh, on Land Grant Holy Land, which is our Ohio State site, and I'm usually writing about the Big Ten or things nationally uh, there. All right, Matt, we appreciate the time as always, and if we haven't offended you, we hope that you'll come back and do it again soon. <laughs> uh, likewise. I, have, I haven't checked my at mentions yet. Hopefully there's nothing except to me. Um, and, uh, but I'm, I'm, it, it, it's fun. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys again. Thanks, Matt. Matt Brown on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Eight wins? And he said a two-win difference with Taysom Hill. Eight wins. Did I catch that correctly? Two? Did you say two? He said two, right? Yeah. Up next, a man who was coaching a team that's won 14 straight games, Jeff Judkins on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back on a Tuesday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What's going on this weekend? Thursday night, women's hoops, as mentioned. Friday night, Utah State uh, against BYU in gymnastics. You can watch that on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. And then, of course, Saturday, BYU playing San Diego in men's hoops, 9 Eastern as well. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday on BYU TV. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Nick Emery, no surprise, West Coast Conference Player of the Week after dropping a combined 68 points and shooting 65% last week in the two lopsided wins for BYU basketball. Yeah, he was 69% from uh, the field, and then I think 65 from three. That is nuts. And then 100% from the free throw line, which I was not. Last night I missed the front end of a one-and-one one with one minute left. Still how angry. Ma- how many did you lose by, Jerem? One. The women's basketball team is four out in the AP poll. BYU could be ranked in the coaches' poll today. We expect them to be. They were 20, yeah, one out in the coaches' poll last week. Men's volleyball ranked second overall in the AVCA poll this week after wins at Princeton and the New Jersey Institute of Technology. They trail only Long Beach State. Oh, by the way, Jerem. Are we doing Countdown to the Wildcats. 200 days. Momentous day. It's 200. Twice. You gotta I, do it because twice. it's 200, we do it yes, twice. Yes, you got to do it twice. Two. 200. Two, 200. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Today I'm in. Okay, today I'm in. But yeah. for the next 99 days, you're out. Well, we'll see. You know, <laughs> it, it's a long summer. I may just embrace it because I can't come up with ideas anymore. Joining us now in Studio B is the head coach of BYU Women's Basketball and a team we think will be ranked, at least in the coaches' poll, by the end of the day, Jeff Judkins. Coach, first of all, congratulations on 14 straight wins. And at least a share of the West Coast Conference yeah. Championship. Yeah. Champions. Awesome. <laughs> what does that mean, to have at least a share for the first time ever, men's or women's teams at BYU since joining the West Coast Conference, to be the first team to get that done? Well, I, I think for for us, it's something that we've put as a major, major goal to be able to win a conference championship and to be able to have two seniors have that happen for them who came in this league um, when, you know, with a new league and to be able to win a conference championship is something they probably wanted to do. We've, we've won the tournament, and now Lexi is the leading scorer in West Coast history. So she's accomplished that plus the conference, and now – 
she gets to say that I've won uh, a conference championship if we three games left if we win one of the three we win it outright but uh, so it's just a great I just think it's just you know I'm, I'm happy for for a lot of these seniors you know for what they've done in this program and what they've meant and the hard work that they've done and the great example they've set to the younger kids. And Lexi, I believe, got a medical redshirt, right, uh, after tearing your ACL? Yeah, she did. Year. So she shouldn't even have been playing this year, per se. But here she is now with all these accomplishments. And then tell us about the buzzer beater, or sorry, the game winner from last <laughs> week. What was the play call and what was your reaction? Well, I, I can't tell you. We've, we've worked on this because we haven't. But, <laughs> but um, you know, that's when you have a great player like Lexi who understands time and score, understands the situation, and she made a great play of getting the ball and bringing it up and then, of course, taking the shot with, you know, not waiting too long and taking the shot. People don't really realize if she misses this shot, Amanda Weymouth is right under the basket, and she might have got that rebound and scored it if she'd have missed it. Uh, it's a great, great job by her running and just going down there. But, you know, Lexi, she's always been a gamer. I think she hit one of these shots in high school. Um, she's not afraid to take it. Um, I think that's what kind of player that she's been her whole career, and uh, just a great, just a great play, and w- well deserved for her. I mean, I think it just topped off what she's done so well at, at BYU. What was your reaction on the sideline when you saw that shot go down? I thought she shot it a little bit early. Yeah, I thought she could take one more dribble and maybe pull up from a three. Um, but you know, when it goes in, you can't say anything. The coach. <laughs> You just, Great shot. You know, I mean, I just jumped in the air, and then I got and smacked the table. I was pretty happy. I just, I, 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 you know, it was a hard game, and we didn't play our best game, and San Francisco played out of their heads. And I think, uh, you know, to be able to win that game when you were down as far as we were, I think it just showed the, the, the character of our team and, and really the players not quitting and, and giving up. And it, to me, that was probably worth everything for that. What was it like to uh, get that play in your team on SportsCenter last night? Or, sorry, last week? Um, you know, I couldn't sleep after the game, and so I'm watching TV, and it came on. So it's pretty cool. Spencer did the call. You heard it on it. and Pretty good, right? It was pretty good. A lot of people tweeted me and congratulate. A lot of emails, a lot of texts saying, hey, congratulations. And um, not just winning the game, but it was a great play that a lot of young players will look and say, hey, I want to go to BYU, hopefully. Have you ever hit a buzzer beater in your basketball career? I've never hit one like that. I've hit a three-quarter shot when I played in the, with the Jazz, and I threw a three-quarter shot and hit it. And then I hit a shot when I played for the Celtics. I hit a half-court shot. And I'll never forget, it was in playoffs against the 76ers. I shot it, and it banked in, and we ran into halftime, put us up one. team was going crazy. And Coach Fitch walks in, and he says, Jenkins, that shot does not even compare the Jerry West three-quarter <laughs> shot. <laughs> so I'm Which was going, in the finals. I'm yeah. going like, okay, you know, Thanks. I'll have to wait till we get to the finals. Man. <laughs> but, um, you know, Jenny Keel hit a shot like that against Wyoming. Um, and then, of course, this one. This was probably one of the bigger ones. There's no question. And, you know, a lot of my girls after practice, they, they do work on shooting half-court shots. And a lot of coaches get mad at that. They think they're just messing around. Um, Because they are most of them. But Jenny Kill did it, and she hit that shot. So I look at it, and I go, hey, let them work on it. Maybe it'll come a time they have to throw it up and do it. And, you know, it it happens. So, you know, just just a great effort by her. 
San Diego, Thursday night. This is the last team to beat you, the only team to beat you in conference for a conference championship, senior night. There's a lot at stake for that game. How, how do you keep your kind of team saying, okay, this is a regular game? Because it's not a regular game. No, and I, my team knows it's not. They know it's a big game, and that they're, they know that if they win it, they, they're outright champs. And senior night, and then we lost. Um, we just got to come in and play focus, play like we did against St. Mary's. I think that was one of the best games that we, we they really came out to play. Um, and just come out and just play our game and do the things that we do best. And, uh, you know, we need to get some fans. This is the last home game. I think we have two seniors that are well-deserved, should have a good crowd there. They've been a great part of BYU basketball, Lexi and Kylie, and hopefully we'll be able to get a good crowd and get some energy in the building, now, and I think that'll help us. Jody, I went because you made the call on Twitter, and I'm going Thursday as well. I want you yeah, to know that. That's great. That's good. We need. Did I, we did need I ask for free 2000. tickets? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing sorry wrong about with that. that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. My, you know, my kid chicken danced after the uh, third yeah, quarter. No, it was great. That's pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah. I, it is fun. <laughs> do you ever want to go out and do that in between third and fourth quarters? Like if you're up by 20, are you <laughs> if like. If you're up by 20, maybe I'd do it. <laughs> There's <laughs> only one more chance. That, that'd be the only reason. So maybe if we're up 20, if we're lucky, I don't know. This could be a great game. I'm excited for, for us to play San Diego. I think we owe it to them. You know, we remember that. It's been a long time, but we remember. We didn't play our best game, and hopefully we'll come out and play our best game. The last team to beat BYU this season, San Diego, to open conference play. The Cougars have won 14 consecutive after that. 15 in a row would give BYU their first ever Outright league championship in the regular season. You can all witness it in Provo on Thursday. If you can't get here, watch it on BYU TV Live at 9 p.m. Eastern. We talked a little bit about the rankings, Coach, and we'll, fi- we'll finish up here. Do you expect to be a ranked team, at least in the coaches' poll, by the end of the day? Yeah, probably. I mean, some teams got beat, and we were right there, and we had some, some, some good wins. But I told you guys this last week, I mean, rankings wonderful and great, but the really when it comes down to it is winning your conference. Uh, having a successful team that plays well, and having your RPI. Your RPI is the bigger part of the NCAA, you know, seeding and all those things. And so by us winning these two games, it helped us. By Santa Clara doing as well as they've done, it's helped us. And so, you know, I really believe this. The two teams we played this weekend are probably the two hottest teams. San Francisco was a very, very good team. Other than your they team? Just won, yeah, San Francisco just won at San Diego. They did. They did, and they beat Gonzaga bad at home. You know, Santa Clara's last loss was to us. People don't realize that. At, you know, so, they um, won no, seven straight. Yeah, yeah, they won. You know, I guess it was San Diego. They lost, But that weekend was the last time they lost. So, um, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, this, this league's tough. Every night it is. I mean, we play San Diego, and they've struggled a little bit, but they'll come out ready to play. I guarantee you, the city will have them ready to go, and we just, we got to be ready to go as a team and hopefully play one of our better games. Coach, we appreciate the time. Congratulations again on uh, the share of the conference championship. We're going to go ahead and give you the BYU Sports Nation karma so you yes. can wrap up that outright thing <laughs> yeah, on Thursday. That would be awesome. Thank you. Jeff Judkins and BYU trying to wrap up that league championship on Thursday. Again, BYU TV 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. BYU is 12 in the RPI, highest non-Power 5 ranking in the RPI. 12th in the RPI. Up next, more BYU football with another signee, Jonah Trineman in the house. Baller! 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live in Studio B. If you missed this show live, not to worry. Rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can always download the podcast on demand. On uh, iTunes and TuneIn. That's right. TuneIn app. Check it out. Men's Hoops Saturday. After, so they play Thursday at San Diego. Then Saturday they play San Diego again. Weird. At home, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Check it out. So Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, we have live events on BYU TV. We've had a good mix of basketball and football I today. And we are going back to the gridiron now with one of the recent BYU football signees, a, restri- a receiver extraordinaire, return guy that the offensive coaches are very excited about, Jonah Trinneman joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a four-star guy out of Snow College and American Fork, Utah. Jonah, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me on. What's your schedule like today, uh, balancing classes and uh, all of that business? Um, I don't start until like 11.30, so... I have like eleven thirty in classes until like one thirty, so it's not too bad. But that, that was well planned. Um, on yeah, your that's part. well done. Yeah, well sleep planned in. on your part. Sleep in, nicely done. What yeah. uh, what classes do you have today? Um, I have a geography class and a um, like a study skills kind of class. Okay, uh, yeah. we, we've heard that you grew up a BYU fan. Is that true? And if so, when uh, when did you become a BYU fan? Yes, it is true. Um, I can't remember. It was when I was way young. I remember going to BYU games and watching like Curtis Brown play and you know John Beck and all those guys play. So I've been a BYU fan pretty much my entire life. I feel super old that you said when you were a kid you saw Curtis Brown play because I was in college. <laughs> I'm not even that old. What the heck, man? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, it's all good. Okay, so Curtis Brown, John Beck, are, are those guys your BYU football idols then? Because for Jeremy and I, it's like Ty Detmer and. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably just Curtis Brown. I was a huge Curtis Brown fan. Um, wanted to change my name to Curtis Brown when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, I loved Curtis Brown. He was. I love. I still love him today. So. Have you met Curtis Brown? Curtis Brown? Uh, yeah, I have. I met him probably like four years ago. So he's a cool guy. I really like him. What was your football recruitment like out of high school? I know you went to Snow College and, and had to go that route and are now at mm-hmm. BYU, but what was the situation for you coming out of high school as a football player? Yeah, I just, my confidence just wasn't really good. Um, just didn't really believe myself. Uh, you know, had that Utah State offer, but they kind of put a bait and switch on me to switch me to play uh, DB. So I just decided to go the JC route and worked hard for two years, and now I'm going to BYU. Then you so so you go to Snow. What was the recruitment like from Bronco Mendenhall in that staff, and then consequently the coaching change and the impact on your recruitment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they were my first offer my first season. Um, I mean, I felt like I did okay in my first season. Um, they offered me like late November, so it was you know I was super excited. You know, it's kind of like one of those dream comes through, like come true kind of things. Um, yeah, so then fast forward to this past season. Uh, they left, you know, kind of weird. You know, it's, it's kind of weird to think about BYU without Bronco and all those guys, but um, I love every single one of the new coaches. Um, and I'm super excited to get up there and play with them. So amidst all the change and all of the craziness that went in with that with Guy Holiday, a guy that you liked and was a receivers coach at BYU and did a great job going to Utah, mm-hmm. did, did you ever legitimately waver from BYU? Um, no, it was more of, you know, I really liked Coach Holiday, and, you know, I was just 
out of respect, like, yeah, I'll go listen to what you have to say, what you have to offer to you, but it was, it was never like, I'm, I'm going to decommit and, you know, you know, check out whatever, you know. It was it was more of like, I respect Coach Holiday and I'm going to go see what you have to say and, you know, go from there, I guess. Yeah, and that's fair. Uh, he had been recruiting you, and I, I know people mm-hmm. were like, what, he's going to look at Utah? Hey, hey, Coach yeah. Holiday uh, was a fantastic guy. We really enjoyed him. But uh, well, describe to us your game and uh, what you bring to the table and help to do this fall for BYU. Um, probably just explosive, big play player. Um, this past season, that's what I really was, just, you know, deep ball or the quick screen kind of guy. Um and then just also on special teams, just whatever. Um, let's kick your turn, you know. So just hopefully just using my speed to, you know, make some big plays and um, kick off return also. What's uh, what's the 40 time? What's the vert? Because we did, <laughs> we did see that standing uh, dunk yeah. video. Yeah. Um, in high school, I jumped like a 45 at uh, Dave Strohshine's ASAP training. What? But, yeah, it was – yeah, it was. I think it was. I, it was probably after I graduated, so probably high school. But I don't know the forty time, but I do know the vertical. So, so that, how was your confidence down, yeah. not high coming out of high school? The vertical was high, <laughs> but the confidence wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me about it, right? What happened? What happened at Snow College where you're like, I'm I'm pretty good at football, and and the confidence shifted. Um, shoot, I don't. I just the summer before this past season. I don't know. I just, you know, I committed to BYU and, you know, I just kind of decided like, hey, like I'm, you know, committed to BYU. I think I need to go play like a BYU commit and that's what I did. So the coaching staff changes and then this Heisman Trophy winner guy uh, becomes the <laughs> offensive coordinator. What was that like for Ty Detmer to, uh, you know, call you or go visit you down in Ephraim? Yeah, that was way cool. I mean, he got the job. It was, you know, my dad was talking about all these, all these BYU, you know, these great plays at BYU and how, you know, Great of a player he was, and um, yeah, it was awesome. He was, you know, the legend. So, you know, super cool to meet him in person when he came down to Ephraim, and super excited to work with him and um, see what he can do for the program. What was your first impression of Kalani Satake, the new head coach at BYU? Um, I actually like met him when he was well. He was coaching at Oregon State, and so the, the first time I really talked to him was when he was at Oregon State, and he told me, he was like, yeah, I want you to play uh, cornerback. I don't want you, you know, I'm not going to tell you we want you to play wide receiver because, like, you know, that'd be so rude. Let's just switch you over. That's kind of messed up. So, like, I just want to be honest with you, you know, up front and um, tell you we want, you want you to play cornerback. Um, so he came to BYU, and first thing he called me, when he was at BYU, he got the job. He said, remember when I uh, called you and wanted you to play cornerback? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's not the case. anymore. I want you to play wide receiver. We need you for our offense. So, um, great guy. You know, thankful he's, you know, he showed a lot about him just saying, you know, you don't want to pull a bait and switch kind of deal with me. BYU loses a bunch of receivers. Uh, what kind of impact do you expect to have this fall for BYU against a good schedule? Um, I don't know. Honestly, just. I'll do whatever. I feel like, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to play there and um, just do whatever they want me to do. But I think the, as the whole receiver core, we have a lot of, like, great receivers coming back. So I think, um, especially with this passing game coming in, I think maybe our receivers are going to uh, play a big part in what we want to do this season. 
Your buddy Handsome Taniello gave you a nice shout-out when he was on the show, so you've got about five seconds to give him a shout-out if you'd like to. Um, yeah, Handsome's a great player, obviously. That's, you know, four-star, you know, one of the best recruits in the nation. Um, he's just he, – the whole season he was taking on just, like, two, like you know, double teams. So, um, yeah, it says a lot. He's, he's a great player, great kid. I think he's going to do really well at BYU. Jonah, we appreciate the time, man. Look forward to uh, having you at BYU, and we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Jonah Trinman on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Up next, we get you caught up to date with the rest of the Cougar Whip Around. It is basketball and football heavy today on BYU Sports Nation. Man, am I glad Jonah Trinman signed with BYU. He's going to be an impact player. Woo! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around men's basketball. Nick Emery is West Coast Conference Player of the Week after 68 points and over 65% shooting last week from the field and from three. He's the NCAA uh, CBSSports.com Freshman of the Week as well. Women's basketball. Women's basketball, four out of the AP Top 25. They could be ranked in the coaches' poll today. We'll let you know. Volleyball. Men's volleyball is ranked second in the ABCA poll this week after wins at Princeton and the New Jersey Institute of Technology. The aforementioned Nick Emery will be a future guest this week on this show, as will the head baseball coach Mike Littlewood. Both of those guys joining us tomorrow. Alema Pilimai, linebacker, signee for BYU football, and the pastor, Derwin Gray, who was always good for a soundbite or 7,000. He's always fired up. Oh, man. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. It's going to Nick Emery. He won like every freshman award ever. At least within a week's time, right? And the BYUSN Freshman of the Week. Woo! Our elite tweet of the day, not related to our Twitter question, but still elite. From at McMinn5. Things Jerem Jordan counts down to. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Justin Bieber tour, prison parole, not worth it, marriage. What? Download the podcast for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Boyd Jarman. Holler.